Hey, homebodies. Welcome back to the Introvert City Podcast, where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind. I'm Karina. And I'm Seth, introvert number two. Why am I introvert one? Because I'm at the DJC? Because she, she talked first. Next week, I'll be introvert number one. Oh, got it. It fluctuates. I'll be thing one next week. <laughs> How are you guys me. doing this week? School is starting. Leaves are falling. They're bringing back the pumpkin spice everything. Pumpkin spice? Lot. I saw a meme... It was like, it was like a lady grabbing at Jesus's like a. Oh, like you said that at, to me. And it was like, no, I, I, I won't tell you again. I'm not going to change your water into a pumpkin spice latte. No, that was funny. I don't care what anyone says. I, I'm going to get mine and I'm going to sit out and drink it and watch the leaves fall. They're pretty good. And bask in, in that feminine moment. So how's your week, Seth? My week was actually pretty fun. I, I went to New York to see my grandparents and I did some other stuff too with my best friend, Taylor. Shout out Taylor. He shout does our Taylin. music. He does our intro music. Yes. Um, shout out to the boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we went to New York and we went to go to Brooklyn. That's where I'm from. I was born in Brooklyn, as many of you may remember from my uh, story about Seth episode. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was born in Brooklyn. So we went there to Brooklyn for the weekend from Thursday to Sunday. And we just did a bunch of stuff, you know, had a time, relaxed. We saw my grandparents. That was a lot of fun. We went to Dumbo, which, as many, if many of you don't know, it's down under Manhattan Bridge mm-hmm. overpass, right by the pier. It's gorgeous, mm. really good ice cream. Uh, we also went to the Brooklyn Public Library where they have the Jay-Z um, exhibit right now, and that was sick to see. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then we had some pizza, of course, because you can't, you can't not have pizza in New York. Even though I don't even like pizza that much, but pizza in New York—you don't is just like different. pizza because you don't like touching food. Yeah, but <laughs> guys, check out our introvert biddies <laughs> episode where we talk about our germophobia. Plug, plug, new series, last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then we got good Chinese food. Mm. My grandpa, my grandpa made good food. He made good food. Mm-hmm. My grandma made good food. She made good food. It was just a good time, and we watched the Truman Show. Oh, I love the Truman Show. Haven't you seen that like a thousand times? Is that your comfort movie? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a really good relaxing weekend because like I don't go on vacations because I work a lot. Were you trying to like assert your <laughs> alpha no. male dominance or no. something? I work, I w- guys. I was trying to assert the way that I work so much. So I deserve a woman who, you know, I, I deserve a bunch of women. and I deserve to have a woman who lets me be with other women. And, oh my you know, gosh. Uh, are you plugging for our episode with Pastor Kenny? I'm a high value male, guys. <laughs> Guys, if you haven't listened to our episode we did last week with Pastor Kenny, we talked about red pill men. It was a, it was a really interesting conversation. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. But today... I'm joking for, for serious reasons. Yeah, just so you guys know, it's not actually a red pill. So, I love my girlfriend. Look how cute she is. <laughs> Look at her over there with her cute blonde hair and her brown hair and her blonde. glasses. She guys, so should pretty. I keep the blonde? Oh, wait. No one can see me right now. <laughs> Debating keeping the blonde or going back to I'll brown. keep her either way. You better. Um, okay, today we want to talk about, well, I really want to talk about this for a while, but Seth was telling me that we should wait and plan it a little bit better. So I waited a little longer, and I have some notes written down, and I'm really excited to talk about this. We are going to be talking about a specific verse that has stuck out to me for the past couple of weeks. So let me rewind for a second and give a little plug for this music artist that was the beginning of it all for me. So I am proud of myself for branching out and listening to new music this summer because I'm very comfortable in my routines and I like the same music. And so I really kind of branched out and I discovered this 
artist who I can't even describe the type of music that she sings because it's like the most beautiful thing ever. She is a Christian artist, but I don't know that she brands herself as a Christian artist. She's one of those artists that, or maybe she does, I'm not sure. She kind of slips in the message of the gospel into her music and she slips in the beauty of God in her own life in really, um, in ways that are very layered and very interpretive. She has this album called Prologue. Um, it's a short album. I think there's only like, there's less than 10, 10 songs and I think there's like six or seven songs. And in between each song, she she does an interlude of a Bible verse or a group of verses. And I love the way she does it because in the album, if you're, li- if you're listening to it, when you listen to the album chronologically, the verse that she says or records herself saying, the song following is all about that verse. Mm, so That's pretty cool. Yeah, I really love it. It's an interesting concept. So I'm listening to her album, and I'm not really looking at the titles of the songs, but, you know, the next song comes on on Spotify, and I hear over really, you know, beautiful, soft music. Her voice says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And I'm like, that's got to be a Bible verse. So I look at the title, and it is Proverbs 4.23. And then the next song in the album is called Oh My Dear, and it's all about how from your heart flows the springs of life. From your heart, you know, is the root of who you are and what kind of character you desire to to show to the world and where your spirituality is at. Hmm. Um, so I, I dove into it because the song Oh My Dear is really beautiful and really articulate and really layered and deep. And it is about the, the condition of the human heart. I like all of you guys go listen to this artist. Her name is Trula T R U L A H. And she's on a tour right now that I think is she, uh, she, her tour is I think called Jesus and jazz. She, she does some jazz mm-hmm. stuff. Um, just a beautiful, unique voice and her album really spoke to me. But anyways, I was listening to that song and I really looked at different translations of Proverbs 423 so the ESV says, uh, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. There's another version that says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So obviously different words, but the same message there. And I love the analogy of the spring, because you think of like gushing water. What yeah. gushes out of the human from the human heart? So Seth, when you hear that verse, what do you think of? Like, what do you think guarding your heart means? Well, first I'll say what I thought it meant okay. when I first read it. Um, I think what I, what I thought, because I feel like the, the phrase guard your heart, it's really that's one part of the verse that's taken usually. Right. You know, the before it is not really, you know, it, it, it's really that one specific section. that's like guard your heart. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will tell you that you got to guard your heart. You got to guard your heart when you're going through a tough time, when you're going through a time where you feel like you're slipping, deconstructing. Even, you know, when you don't want to believe at all, guard your heart, guard your heart. If you're around uh, non-Christian friends, if you're around people who um, also partake in your personal addictions mm. or personal sins and and don't respect your convictions, guard your heart. But what, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you, they say it, but they never really explain what that means. And I think most people, especially most people who grew up in that you know, not just legalistic, but in a in a very much a fear based, uh, yeah, organized religion in their own family or in their own church. I think that guarding your heart will just look like blocking everything 
that you don't initially feel is a good thing or blocking out just absolutely everything and staying away and hiding off and fearing the world. Mm. I agree. I think people say that phrase in church a lot without expanding on it. Mm. And yeah, I think growing up hearing that all the time in church, when you hear that, you think be set apart from the world, you know, do don't do the things that the world does. Like that's, that's how I took it. And I guess kind of that is the central message, but that's a very shallow way of looking at it. I think there's so much, you could get so much deeper with it. So where I am now, when I think about guarding your heart, I think going deeper into what it actually means, it means using discernment. And with that discernment, okay, this could, I think discernment comes in different areas for everyone because different people need help discerning different things different Christians need to strengthen each other in different areas and be accountability partners for everyone for me I really need discernment in when I like I don't know if this makes sense if anyone can relate when I talk about myself to other people I need discernment in what to say and what to keep hidden because Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person who likes to lay everything out on the table I know if you're an introvert like us you tend to overshare because you don't want the conversation to be filled with awkward small talk so Mm. You fill that space yeah. with really deep things that mm-hmm. can be oversharing sometimes because you don't want the space to be silent. And yeah, yeah, I have learned that. that that is not good. Mm-hmm. Everyone does not need to know everything. That's Every- a that's a that's a good that, that's good. Yeah, and it can get dangerous too. It can get dangerous. First of all, on the outside, it can look like you're trauma dumping, mm-hmm. which is when you just lay it all out on the table and you explain the deepest, darkest parts of yourself to random people that maybe they want to care, but they're not going to care about it in their everyday life because they don't know you like that. Of course, I think you need to have your close group of friends that you share that with. But yeah, so obviously it could look like trauma dumping, but not even that. Those people can do anything with your information. Yeah. And we're living in a time, I keep bringing it back to like consumer culture and social media culture, but we're living in a time when people's attention spans are so short and they're consuming all of this at once it's really affecting our brains and it's making us very impatient and honestly i think it's kind of blurring our morality a little bit yeah because we're in this impatient culture we want to go to the next person and say the news that we just heard you know it's been very hard for me you know several years ago and even sometimes i still struggle with this when someone tells me something i want to tell someone i'm bad with secrets that's a vulnerable thing for me to say but i am because I want someone else to have the same reaction that I did so that I feel validated in my response. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, yeah. But using discernment and guarding your heart is A, if someone tells you a secret, you know, unless they're in danger or something, but if someone tells you a secret, you keeping your word and you holding that secret, that's guarding your heart. And you also not oversharing all of these secrets to someone that you barely know. Not sharing your spiritual spiritual turmoil with someone who isn't going to care about you spiritually. Mm. Do you have anything to say? Yeah, um, that's that's good. I think though too that it also comes to n- not even just not telling anyone, but telling people too, and dis- and understanding backlash with it as well, and being ready for that backlash, mm-hmm. because you know your friend might be say. I don't know, a Hindu, I don't know. Someone, someone, they might be a Buddhist or a Hindu or something else. And they might have a very different view of how you get over things. So when you go to a friend who's not of the same religion as you, you'll say, I'm so sad. I just feel like I'm so distant from God and I've been praying a lot and I just feel really sad. They might give you 
an answer that's like, oh, well, don't, don't, you know, do a manifest manifestation, do this. And at that point you have to discern, hmm, am I willing to tell this person, I understand, but that's not how I want to do this. Mm -hmm. That's not how I live because it's, it's okay to say no when a friend is trying to help you and you're in a bad spot because that's when I think a lot of friends, and I don't think that, it, that it's necessarily that friends are trying to manipulate you. They're trying to help. They're trying to do, yeah. they're, and it's not necessarily that they're trying to go against your faith or your religion or what you believe, more so that they don't see it the same way you do, just as you don't see it the same way they do. Mm-hmm. Just like if you were to tell them, I could pray with you, they, pro- they might say no. Right. You know, so it, it's, and that's okay. That's okay. So you have to be willing to be strong enough in your faith to say, I, I, I can tell you my opinions, mm-hmm. you know, but understand that we have a different life and that there's some advice you're going to give me that I just disagree with. Mm-hmm. And there are levels and tiers like to to this process, because I'm not saying to only tell one best friend everything, because even with one best friend, I don't think that that best friend should be the sole source of all of your venting and all of your issues no yeah that that just becomes a you know, problem for them too i think there might be different people in your life there might be someone who you really are not close with but maybe that person had a similar experience to you and so you go to that person and you talk about that experience hmm. you know but you don't open up about other hard areas of your life you just talk about that experience with that person i think that's very special i think that's godly yeah. i think that can be a really special experience for you to share that with someone else hmm. but to guard your heart would be to say okay, I'm going to stop there. That's my limit, is talking about this shared experience that we had. I'm not going to go into this other area of my life. And another thing that just came to my mind is not making the story about you when someone is sharing with you. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on a different episode, but when yeah. someone is talking to you about something serious that they went through in their life and you had a shared experience, I think it's fine to be like, oh, I understand you. I also went through that. But then to proceed to tell your story on top of theirs you're not guarding your heart. You're not using yeah, discernment. Yeah. It's less about the whole idea of guarding your heart and more about the idea of being truly empathetic rather than sympathetic or just looking for mm-hmm. a way to bring yourself up because the last thing you want to do when someone is coming, the last thing you want to do when someone is coming to you to talk about their hardship is to talk about yourself. Right. You know, they don't want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. They, they want to hear, you're going to be okay. It's all right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for you. Not, well, that sucks, but I did it, so you can yeah. do it too. Um, I want to call back to that too about the whole idea of guarding your heart and understanding when to jump into certain things and impatience. We are in a very fast-moving culture right now. Like you were talking about consumer culture, social media, um, just there's so much. I know we talk about, I know it's corny and overdone at this point, but we really are oversaturated. There is Mm -hmm. so much on the internet. In that own social media, there's such, there's little bubbles. In those little bubbles, there's littler bubbles. (laughs) You can go down so many rabbit holes and find so many videos and and so much information. Um, And ultimately, you can find people who can disprove your belief. Mm. Whereas you can find people to approve your belief and agree with you. And... Karina brought this up when we were talking. She was talking about Blue Like Jazz a couple episodes ago, um, where he, where um, in in the book Blue Like Jazz by Donald Miller, he mentions that you'll be able to find really, really good people who can prove God doesn't exist, and really people who can prove God does exist. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it becomes a lot less about actually 
proving anything and just about ego and about Being who's right, right who's yeah. wrong. Um, and I think you see that a lot nowadays. Nowadays, um, in particular, in a lot of podcasts, you see that. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, like a, a a a podcast as of recently that's been getting really really popular in the mainstream media has been the Whatever Podcast, which yep. is a really big podcast um, led by I don't I don't remember his Brian name. Brian something. But um. Uh, it's 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 led by him and it really usually they tackle dating on it mm-hmm. but you'll have people on the on far on one side who are polyamorous who are in pornography culture. but then you, yeah you have these but then you also have people who are on the complete opposite side that have very traditional values very right leaning values to say the least mm-hmm. um, and recently Ruslan KD went on with uh, Lila Rose really good you guys should check it out if you have um, patience, it was four and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he d- then did a separate video on his channel where he took clips and kind of talked about like his like put his highlights on the episode on his episode from the uh, podcast episode, and he kind of talked about the idea of, you know, could something like that, could a, you as a Christian going on a, a show like that when you have a platform like that, can it cause people? who follow you that maybe aren't as strong in their faith to stumble, you know? And the issue with guarding your heart in that is, is it wrong? And is it is it not beneficial for a Christian to go into circles like that and be tested? Yeah. I think it was interesting how Ruslan got backlash for that because there was a lot of discussion about very adult content on that podcast. Like we mentioned, OnlyFans and pornography, like adult workers were talking openly about their experience. And um, it was just interesting because Ruslan and Lila too were like totally unashamed on that podcast. And they were like asking the, the people on the other side of the aisle, like, have you tried committing to God? Like, have you have you ever considered, you know, changing your life and turning your life around? He was very compassionate about it. But then he got backlash because people were like, oh, you don't need to go into those environments. You don't need to, like, we have our own Christian space. Like, don't be going out and being a part of the world. world." And I think those people are forgetting that Jesus hung out with sinners. The reason why Jesus was so shocking was because he hung out with those people who were outcasts. But I also want to add to that, this is part of guarding your heart. Not everyone is meant to go out into those worldly spaces, into those dangerous spaces to preach and spread the gospel. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are guilted into it. You know, there are a lot of speakers and preachers who will be like, go into those places. Those people need God the most. You have to be the light where there is no light. And not everyone is capable of doing that because they're not in a mature enough place yet to be able to do that. I think someone like Ruslan and Lila are very mature in their ministry, and so they were able to sit there and defend their position and not be wavered by what the other people were saying. But someone who has been a baby Christian for a year, who maybe spent some time being in an open relationship and being a part of that lifestyle, probably shouldn't go on a podcast like that. Guarding your heart, again, comes with discernment and understanding where you are in your faith. Because there was a period in my life where I, everyone goes through it, where you deconstruct everything and you wonder, is this even real? They talk to people of all different philosophies. And at that point in my life, at that point in anyone's life, I don't think that you should be filling your entire social media feed, your YouTube feed with these hour, two hour long debates about the origin of the world. 
I think definitely you should be watching those things, but I think you need to get to a mature enough place in your faith to be able to say, yeah, I'm at a place where I am confident enough in what I believe to read this book written by an atheist. I'm confident enough to watch this two-hour debate because I know where I stand. I know my faith won't be wavered. Like we talked about apologetics in the last episode and the importance of defending your faith. Yeah, super important. Every Christian should have an apologetic foundation. I firmly believe that. But you don't have to consume solely apologetics content if you are not mature enough in your faith. No, yeah, you you shouldn't. I think... You shouldn't really consume a, a, an insane amount of apologetic content because ultimately it is it is really easy to question yourself and get really existential. Now, while I do firmly believe that you should test yourself and go out in Philippians 2, 3 to 5, it says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only at your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus, that Christ Jesus had. I think that it's very important for us to go out there and to talk to others about what they believe and to ask them what they disagree on because that's that's part of the Great Commission as well. Um, we need to go out there, you know, and, and really, I think we need to really go out there and spread the good news because in those apologetics, that's spreading the good news t- still. Yeah. However, for... A Christian who's coming to the faith and is struggling, a person who doesn't know how to defend themselves in the faith yet, who has just showed up and hasn't even really read even one book of the Bible yet, apologetics, jumping into circles like that, is a really easy way, unless you're careful about who you're watching, is a really easy way for you to just lose it automatically. And this is not me saying that um, ignorance is bliss. You know, this is not me saying that ignorance is something you should cling on to. You should be ignorant. It's saying that sometimes you have to be closed-minded in the beginning because you need to grow yourself in what you believe first before you can start arguing. It's like if you want to become a scientist, right, and you want to help cure cancer or something, right, or you want to help change, help make a big change, um, in politics, that's like an environmental way, right? If you're trying to figure out how to argue and go against and petition against the government or the or anti-environmentalists um, or whatever, you have to learn certain things. So if you're brand new in this world, you can't just go up you know, to a government building or, or a petition where they're against what you believe and expect yourself to come out on top mm-hmm. or come out in a way where you're learning more than you really are losing in the end of the day. It's great to be brave, but you also need to be smart because realistically in that context, you're losing nine times out of 10. And not even that you're losing, but you're also losing confidence. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to not believe something right when you just got it. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. I just want to say one thing you said. You said sometimes you have to be closed-minded. I don't know if I would say closed-minded. I think... I would say that it's you have to be willing to say no to some things, you know. I oh, I'm a new Christian. I am still struggling to believe certain things. I don't mean ignorant. I mean I th- when I say closed mind, I want to be I want to be I want to be specific about this. When I say closed minded, what I mean is that you have to be willing again, guarding your heart, you have to be closed minded in the sense that you have to be willing to say, "No, I'm not going to do this right now." Right, right which now. is okay. Yeah. That form, of, I think we say the word closed-minded and we immediately think someone who just doesn't want to listen to anybody else's opinion. That's not what I think closed-minded always means. I think to be closed-minded in general 
is a negative thing. But being closed-minded on certain topics is good because realistically, if you just open your, yourself up to any topic, try and debate anything with anybody, when you don't have any tools to argue with it at all, you're just going to come out defeated and with a lot of a, a lot, big lack of confidence, yeah. not knowing what you believe. No, yeah, that was good. I think I, I totally agree with that. And it's interesting because I have seen lots of Jubilee videos. If you We've talked about Jubilee before. They're a YouTube channel that does shows about debating worldviews and stuff. And I've seen actually a lot of atheists or different philosophical thinkers go on there and say, oh, yeah, I used to be Christian, but then I went to theological seminary, and it was studying the Bible so much that made me lose my faith. And I thought that was interesting because how can you lose your faith and then someone else goes to theological seminary and strengthens their faith? How does that work? I really think that I don't want to make any generalizations. This is something that I was just thinking about. I honestly think that a lot of people who went to seminary and ended up losing their faith because they studied the Bible so intensely is probably because they did not guard their heart correctly and they maybe went into it with the mindset already of, okay, I want to look for what I can point out at the Bible. I'm looking at the Bible and I'm going into it with already a certain bias. Or again, with the discernment, with the guarding their heart, maybe they do- they dove into topics that their hearts simply weren't prepared for. The topics were so deep and so profound and maybe they just hadn't prepared for it yet. I think there's a preparation and a kind of molding that needs to take place before you can dive into really, really deep theology and really deep apologetics. Because if you jump in too soon, a thread is pulled in your faith and you experience a mystery, uh, a supposed cognitive dissonance about God, your faith falls apart. Yeah. Because you didn't guard your heart, you weren't prepared. And again, Seth and I are not saying to intentionally ignore apologetics and to keep, like to look the other way. What we're saying is to prepare where you are, and then when you feel like you're in a spiritually mature place, to go after those those deeper topics and to tackle them then. And it can suck because you want to move fast. You don't want to be... Oh, yeah. You don't want to have no knowledge on anything. When you first get into the Word, it can really, really suck because you just want to have read it all already. You know? That's how like, I feel. You know, but, but, when, but when you're a major, like right now... Um, when you're a business or a marketing major, you're like, or any major for that, it's always principles of this as like your first class, your first classes oh, for like yeah. the whole year. So it's principles for this, mm-hmm. uh, essentials of this, uh, first for this. And it's because you can't just dip someone into a boiling pot, right. you know? You can't just do that. <laughs> Because once you, because if you just throw someone into the melting pot before they've even learned anything, they're going to come out crying, screaming, debt Confused, with debt with yeah. broke. You know, they're not going <laughs> to. They're not going to. Hypothermia, right? When someone jumps into really really cold water, their body is not ready for it, so they get really really cold. But when they get out, they can't go right into the hot water. Mm-hmm. Most people recommend that you either wet them with warm water or keep them in really, really warm clothing near a fire, mm-hmm. right? Because you want them to get hot, but you want them to take it as slowly as possible. Because mm-hmm. the slower it goes, the the more beneficial it would be for them. So they won't die of shock. So they won't have more problems. So they won't potentially get sick because of all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to it because, you know, we feel like we're in this place you know, where we've been dunked into the cold water. We've taken that polar bear plunge and we've dumped into the cold water and we're like, oh, I got to keep going and I got to get to the to the biggest heat. I got to get to the fire. Got to get to the big old flames. But first, you got to put on the towel. 
First, you need to put on a sweater. First, you need to put on some gloves. First, you need to set the fire up, but stand far away from it so you don't get hot. Then you can jump in the hot water. Yeah, totally agree with that. I, I love that analogy that you used. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add. That was well said. And if you guys want to add to this conversation, I think so much could be expanded upon. Maybe we'll post a, a Reddit update with this one. This could be our first Reddit thing. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> but, um, yeah, or continue the conversation with us in our DMs. Reach out to us. We love to hear from you all. And um, that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 4.23. Check it out. Highlight it. Look at it for yourself. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good one to meditate on. Talk about this with each other. This is an important thing to talk about with each other. Definitely. You, this is a very necessary Christian conversation. You might not have to have it yet, but you might have to, you probably will have to have it eventually. Mm-hmm. All righty, guys. You can find us on social media at Instagram and Facebook at the underscore introvert underscore city. You can find me at Karina, C-A-R-I-N-A underscore B-0-4. And Seth? You can find me at it's underscore D-A-N-E-Y-L. Yes. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. And check us out on Reddit. Please follow us um, so we're not sitting at zero followers. (laughs) All right. We love you guys and we'll see you.